the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 192, recorded October 5th, 2023. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the KyberCast team. The other half with me with headphones on is... Michael Diaz. Yes, I, my headphones are... Well, they were on the entire time, Joe, but now they're plugged in. That's great. That's great. Um, good to have you plugged in and ready to go. Uh, you know, it's my fault we missed another couple of weeks. That's, uh, again, as life happens. But, uh, you know, Sorry. Shit happens. You got to pay the bills, Joe. You got to pay something, something, something. Um, so, hey, we're going to talk about the Ahsoka, what, last three episodes into the finale? Basically, we're going to talk about the series. We'll just talk about the whole series at this point. Uh, Three-eighths we, of the series. Yeah. We'll talk about that today with special guest. If he shows up, Alan Lugo will be joining us. Alan makes a triumphant return. He's a little pissed off that he lost the top seat as the most listened to podcast episode uh so maybe he's trying to fight to get that back so he he reached out to us and we're going to try and get him in the fold he's itching to talk the star wars with us and that'll happen sometime later in the episode uh before we get to mr lugo we have a few things to talk about we got some news out there michael michael's been feverishly typing in the news for us working all day to get this in there um so why don't we jump right into the news well First and foremost, uh, the writer's strike. It's over. Yoo-hoo. Yay. And they're getting paid. They're we're getting changed. paid. Jimmy Fallon's back on. All the shows are back on, except for Drew Barrymore's, I guess. Uh, they all walked off hers because she was trying to do the show without writers. Oh, snap. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> you know, she seems pretty nice and wholesome, but that was not a smart move. It's not a very good long-term commitment to your team. <laughs> That's for sure. No, but I heard uh, what I heard. Top three uh, writers said, "Yeah, we're not coming back." Thanks. Yeah, I will say. You know, this is a side note. Well, no, that's part of the writer's strike. Um, I did listen to the Strike Force Five or whatever it was. Did you listen to that podcast? It was. I, it was to generate money for the people that were on their staff. So it was not a money grab. Correct. It was all the night talk show hosts. Notice how there's no women though. That's pretty sad. Um, Got together and had a podcast, uh, and I think it's still going. But I listened to an interesting one, with David Letterman, last week. It was very good, uh, and they're great. So check it out. And I don't know what they're doing with it now, but back in the day, those two they would never be able to talk, and they got this podcast going. And I thought it was actually pretty good. That's on Spotify, right? Uh, I just get it on Apple, so I don't know. Oh, I couldn't find it on Google Podcast. Which, by the way, side note. Google Podcast is going away. I don't know if that's news. What kind of news? We're a podcast. We're talking podcasts, right? Hey, side note, Google should just go away because they don't keep anything anyways. Like, they're done. Like, quit wasting time with them. Listen, I'd like to argue with you, but every, like, seriously, (laughs) I use Google Podcast all the time. And they decided, you know what? Everybody loves this app so much, we're just going to kill it and move all of its functionality into YouTube Music. 
Who the fuck uses YouTube music? I, I do have YouTube TV, though. Yeah, so do I. I love it. But YouTube music, nobody's using that. Let's face it, everyone's using either what, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and there are still a small, that's it. small yeah, that's number it. of us. That's it. That use well, Amazon. well, Amazon. No, I mean, you get it with it, though, with Prime. So that's a different conversation. But Well, yeah, I well, I actually pay for it. Why? I have no idea. Oh, you pay? Well, that's right. You only get certain things with Prime. You don't get, like, to be able to listen to exactly what you want, I think. Exactly. Now, the only reason I ever did that is because, I think I mentioned this before, but years back, when people still bought physical media, they used to do what this auto rip feature. Oh yeah, yep. And they would just rip you a, a yep. So if you Apple bought a did CD, the same thing too. Yeah. yeah. So, but the thing is, they went back as far as your purchases to 1998. So this was probably five, ten years ago now. But Apple's like, hey, auto rip. If you bought a CD and you know that that publishing company agrees to it, we just added those as MP3s into your library. Yep. So, just the, like you two did. Well, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 not the same. Uh, so because of that, the bulk of the music that I've purchased legally is on Amazon. And yeah, I know I'm weird because I still purchase music. But that's why I do Apple or not Apple. Duh. That's why I do Amazon music. Yeah. Freudian slip, who knows? And who knows? At the end of the day, writers are back and you can now enjoy at least talk show hosts and that kind of things, but it'll be some time before movies are written and uh, even started because the actors are still on strike. We're so talking like comedies, six to eight weeks, give or take. So we might still see. We need actors. They're on strike. That is true. So that there's still time for that. Um, just to show everybody or everybody can now understand uh, the dedication to this show. We could be watching Loki right now. It's released right now, October 5th at 9 p.m. Uh, as of this recording time, it's 9.15, so we could be watching Loki. But no, folks, we're here for you. We are here for you. We will get to Loki uh, on our next podcast. We'll probably be about a week or so late with each one of those since you know, we record on Thursdays and they're released on Thursdays. So, And not Thursday, you know, it's Thursday 9 p.m. Right. Right when we record, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, it's not like you, you know, time matters for Loki. So, that's see what nice it is. That's good. It that's is good. good. It is good. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Loki. Are you looking forward to Michael? Is anybody looking forward to this now? Is Marvel like I have not heard in the zeitgeist a lot of Marvel talk. Like no one where I even speaks about it anymore. Um, now it could be a matter of where I'm at and who I'm around, but. Uh, even in other podcasts and things, I just don't hear any talk about Marvel anymore. Is it done? It's not done, but I mean, they got to do something, right? They got to do something. That said, I am excited for Loki only because, well, not only because, but so far out of all the Marvel shows, it's been my favorite. Right. You've mentioned that. So I'm looking forward to it. It's obviously going to deal with Kang. You know, they're still dealing with the whole, you know, Jonathan Major. Yeah, that's pretty quiet, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, part of it's the news cycle, but part of it, you know, he has been defending himself. So, again, I'm not taking a position. I don't know what, what's real and what, 
what's shit and what's Shinola? I don't know. That's an old expression. Right. So I'm just kind of waiting to see how this falls about. Right. But worst comes to worst, we already know. Marvel can replace him. That's the great thing about having deviants. Well, the only other thing that's happening that I know of for Marvel is the Marvels, and I can't remember when that comes out. November. All right, so a month to the Marvels. So I assume they're going to start hitting the ads pretty quickly. I've seen some new ads. Uh, Segway, I just went to the movies last week, Friday, and saw the latest See anything good? Well, that's debatable. (laughs) I'm trying to tee it up for you. (laughs) I did see the new trailer for the Marvels. Oh, okay. Does it look it, better than the meth that I've seen so far? But you like it anyways. I, like you're already in. I, I'm not so old. I'm in. I'm in. I really liked Captain Marvel though. So. I loved Captain Marvel, but this preview just looks terrible. It looks terrible. It looks like a bad TV show right now. It doesn't look great. I'll say that. I mean, maybe we're only seeing, you know, the first half hour. Mostly. I hope it's the first 60 seconds because it's what the tra- whatever the trailer time is. I don't know. It, again, shooting back to Loki and all the other Marvel series. And let's let's face it, the last one was Secret Wars, Secret yeah, Invasion, which was not good. God, it was not good. It really wasn't. I was really hoping, but it was not good. But Nick Fury is front and foremost in this trailer. I realize he is. Oh, okay. Not going to be the well. Just like in the other trailers, you know, they keep showing him up in the space station and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where are the references to the scrolls? Now, maybe we'll see it in the film. Who knows? I haven't seen it. But yeah, the new trailer, if you didn't, if the first two didn't do it for you, the third one's not going to help. But yeah, I did see the trailer right before we saw The Creator, mm. uh, which tanked at the box office this weekend, by the way. I mean, <laughs> well, you helped it. I helped. Yes, I did help. Now, to be fair, as far as blockbusters go, it's it's pretty trim. It was only $80 million, which I know that sounds like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I remember in 1992, Terminator 2 made the news because it cost $100 million to make that movie. I do remember that. And you could look like it was fairly well spent. Right. Nowadays, a blockbuster is going to cost you $150, $200, 250000000 million. That's just how it is. Depending who's in it. Yeah. Agree. Yes. Correct. Now, so positioning this as a blockbuster, they didn't have to make all that much money, and yet they still didn't. So. Um, but these are the kind of movies like, okay, first of all, there's no IP. No one knows it. They don't know anything about this thing. So that's strike one in terms of marketing. But see, I give that a plus. No, no, no. But what I was getting at is like people like you and me that are into this kind of genre will go see it. And we were supposed to create the word of mouth, right? We're, this is a movie that's supposed to get better two weeks after it started. Not not like a Marvel movie where you get everything in the first two weeks and it's done. Correct. Correct. Okay. So you, the people that will give it a shot, will give it a shot. They'll be the first ones and they're probably the most critical because they're into this stuff. And if it doesn't work, it's done. Correct. This was supposed to be more uh, everything everywhere all at once than it was equilibrium. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Sure. Equilibrium was a really cheap sci-fi movie that nobody saw, but I love. But everything, like you mentioned, like that didn't, that wasn't like something that people ran into the first week and then made its money, then went away. It started oh, slow. That's what I mean. That's what this movie is supposed to do. That's what I'm saying. Because you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't count on it uh, as a blockbuster out of the gate because nobody knows anything about it. There's no store, right. there's no, there's no IP to it. Now, I'd love to come back and tell you that I'm one of the handful of people that saw it. And holy shit, you should go see it. I would love to be able to do that. I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> That's the I service en- Michael provides, folks. Save you some money. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's a you know 20th Century Studios film. So it'll be on Disney Plus or Hulu at some point soon. Very soon. Going <laughs> next couple of weeks. Yeah, next week probably. It'll be out before so- uh, Barbie and uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> uh, I think Barbie's gonna. I think that's actually debuting soon on Max, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. All I, so all I'm gonna say is, I enjoyed it, but it's not good. <laughs> there are good things about it. I wanted to love it, and I won't go into spoiler territory because it will be on streaming soon. Yeah, yeah, don't spoil I, anything. I, I'm not, uh, but I'm looking forward to you seeing it, Joe, because I know that's something you'll throw on someday. Well, for sure. If it comes on, I'll watch it as soon as I can. Like I said, it's 20th Century Studios, so it's going to be on either Hulu or Disney Plus. I'm assuming. Right. It looks fantastic. I'll give it that. It looks fantastic. The robots are great. Uh, the gun battles are great. It just looks so cool. You can see where they spent the money. Yeah. They did not spend it on the script. Which, that's the cheaper part. I know. Here, okay, this is kind of a diss. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Well, you know, so the director, what, Gareth Miller? Mm-hmm. Edwards. What? Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Sorry, I, why did I say Miller? That's a different guy. I, I don't know. That's why I corrected you, and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> No, I thought you said bad words, which is a. I'm like, you didn't direct bad words. <laughs> oh no, on the no. movie, by the way. Um, sorry, Gareth Edwards. Yes, mm-hmm. you know he created a bunch of buzz by creating the movie Monsters. Immediately was given a shit ton of money. They're like, oh, you did a kaiju in your Monsters film? Here's Godzilla, and he made a boatload of money there. And then they said, hey, do Rogue One. Did a boatload of money there. That's, I mean. Right. I love Rogue One. Still my favorite Star Wars movie. But there is, now he says, I should have put this in the news, but he's like, everyone's got Rogue One wrong. Because the rumor is, nobody liked the ending. Tony Gilroy came in and basically took over the movie and refilmed the end. And he directed a good chunk of the movie. But because Gareth directed more than 50 some odd percent or whatever the rules are he gets the director credit right that's the rumor that's the rumor so when i this movie got over i'm like man they should have hired tony gilroy <laughs> for at least 40 percent, right oh that's terrible to say i i know this was a labor of love for well did he write it he wrote it and directed he co-wrote it with um whites uh i can't remember his first name but uh, he's written a bunch of stuff like About a Boy, uh, the first. Um, About a Boy is a good movie. It's fantastic. Uh, but also we worked on, um, shit, what was it? American Pie. Oh, okay. Two different worlds there. Yes, but 
they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, I can't endorse it. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. But I want to do. I can't. All right. Um, what do we got next, my friend? Uh, next, I threw this on here in the news because it did happen uh, since the last time we spoke. Uh, for those of you that are fans of Blue Beetle, Amanda Waller, and Peacemaker, well, James Gunn has got some good news for you. He has confirmed that those three stars and the actors that play them will transition over to the DCU. As the same same and characters? Same actors, same characters. And what was the rundown again? Uh, Blue Beetle, Amanda Waller, and Peacemaker. Those are the characters. Uh, the actors are obviously, I'm not going to remember them all, but, you know, uh, John Cena. So nobody of real importance. No, no, no. Well, Amanda Waller is pretty important. I mean, so, you know, James Gunn, Peter Safran, they are now the, you know, co-heads. So you got to believe that James Gunn is not going to wipe away the Suicide Squad from Canon, right? Maybe he is. Maybe. I mean, he's got, he's more worried about the Max show. Right. But yeah, Peacemaker, that is. I mean, he's got to get his wife something to do. That's right. I said it. You're horrible. <laughs> he puts her in everything. He does. She, so she has that, a very small role. In I didn't set fantasy. that 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 precedent. He did. To be fair, he re. I don't want to say reemploys, but he brings a lot of his friends to everything he does. He's becoming. And, he's becoming the Rob Zombie of of uh, superhero films. The Russo brothers do it too. Every single member. No, I know. A lot of directors do that work with the same people. Yeah, I mean... It's common. It's hard to see a Scorsese film without without De Niro in there somewhere. And you're not with the next one either. Exactly. Even if it's not De Niro, it's going to be uh, DiCaprio. And they're both, they're both in it. it. That's right. Well, it's like the Russo brothers, right? Yeah. Um, I, I actually big fan of two of their uh, sitcoms they did back in the day. They directed a lot and wrote a lot. Um, both... Um, what is it? Happy Endings and Community. And I think every major, every star of Community shows up somewhere in the MCU because of them. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Chevy Chase? No. Ones that survived. <laughs> okay. Um, killed Pierce off. So, yeah. Amanda Waller, Blue Beetle, Peacemaker, they're still part of the DCU. And I'll see Blue Beetle at some point when it's on Max or whatever. You know, I've heard great things about it, but I just, I, I probably should have gone to see that instead of the creator, to tell you the truth. Well, it's hard, it's hard to say that when you're first going in. I mean, the creator looks, it looked fantastic on video. I mean, it was a good preview. Like, I was hyped. It's job. I was hyped. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the news that I could find and that you could find. Um, that's relevant anyways. Everything else is still waiting on the actors and movies to start. Um, go from there. But let's get into our geek this week. Michael, go for it. I actually picked up a comic book this week. I am reading through Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It was originally an eight-issue miniseries written by Tom King. Uh, 
This one got a lot of buzz months ago because when James Gunn did his announcement as to what the Gods and Monsters Phase 1 of the new DCU, he mentioned a lot of projects. He mentioned a Supergirl, uh, I think, movie. Didn't he say movie? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough because the the person that played Supergirl in The Flash was so damn good that that's going to taint some things. True. True. Because I think he noted, he has not confirmed, obviously, as we just mentioned, the three people that have been confirmed. That she isn't, we don't know for sure if she's coming back. I would bet against right. it. But, um, so yeah, that one got a lot of buzz because he said it's basically the movie they're doing is a straight adaptation of this story. So it was eight issue comic. I bought the trade. I'm uh, three eighths of the way through it and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Is it an origin? No, not at all. It's, oh, it's, okay. a, it's like a standalone story. Okay. It's, um. I don't want to give anything away, but no, don't do that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, but it's, I mean, if you know, Supergirl, you know, the gist, right? She's the Kryptonian. So yellow sun makes her strong red suns. She's a bit weaker. Right. And it's a story of vengeance. Uh, she sought out and someone wants her to help her with, uh, basically a journey of vengeance. Got it. And I'll stop right there because it's good. And if that's what the movie's going to be based on, like I said, I'm only three eighths of the way through it. But I am enjoying it. The art's fantastic. The story's fantastic. We'll see if they land, if they stick the landing. There you go. What else? Anything else? I'm still working my way through the uh, Star Trek Lower Decks season two. I'm almost done with that. Then I can move on to season three. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Anything next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as far as geek stuff, no. Um, I'm trying to think here. I. John Scalzi's Starter Villain just came out, and it's already a New York Times bestseller. I think it came out last week. Uh, I'm just waiting for my copy to come from the library. I should probably have that within a week or two. Awesome. Um, so a couple of things. If you're a Patrick Stewart fan, speaking of Star Trek, he is on the next Rich Roll podcast. If you ever want to look at uh, Rich Rolls of somebody I listen to a lot, he's a interesting fellow. Um and uh, sorry, we, we have a couple things going on right now. But anyway, uh, he's an interesting fellow, and um, you should check that out. Second, my geek this week, guess what, Michael? I was all planned. I drove home to Detroit to pick up some things. I knew I was going to have no entertainment uh, possibilities in my house because we shut off the cable, um, and I barely get a cell signal. I'm like, what a great time to really drive home the lord of the rings book that i'm reading in my kindle <laughs> i charged that kindle when i left here uh here in south carolina i got all the way up to my house ready to read i'm all geek ready to read and it's dead like all i get is a screen in the front with an ad and nothing i can't turn it on or off i can't do anything it is done is there a way to like force reset it i thought there was i couldn't find one um <sighs> So it's up there now anyways, because I was too pissed off. I was going to, I mean, the damn thing's like eight years old or whatever. <laughs> like I can't complain really. You can afford a new one. I'll get a new one. I'll get a new Just one. Just wait until uh, what the big deal days are coming up in the next week or two. October 10th, right? Is another uh, Amazon. Go. We are not sponsored by Amazon. By we are not. We are not. We are not. So that's, uh, that's my big, big 
geek this week. Oh, I should say I did go see Peter Gabriel. And if you want an experience that's very geeky, um, I don't know if you guys, if you know Michael anything about Peter Gabriel, I think you do. But man, he sounds. Yeah, I know who Peter Gabriel. He sounds. Is. I know. I he sounds as good today as he did back then. Like it was incredible, and it was a multimedia experience. It was a great story. It was a phenomenal concert. I'm glad I got to see him. I never did in the past. Um, totally blown away. Totally blown away. Okay, I, this is not a music podcast, but I'm not surprised that he can still sing because his range was already limited. So no, he would go, he did a really good falsetto on the day. Like he does, right? That's fine, but he he does well with what he has. He's not. Yeah, yeah he, he's good. Yeah, he's not Getty Lee. I get it. So is probably one of my. Well, I used to say top ten albums, probably top twenty albums. It's up there somewhere. I love so. Yeah, it's good. So that was my geek this week. Question: When you went uh, home, did you have to drive through East Detroit? No, because I go west. It's a joke. It's a oh. stupid journey reference. Because uh, no, that would be South Detroit is a reference. Because well, that's good. Canada. You know what? It would be Canada. I, so I, you I, don't I know to, to, to just call out Michael there because even when he tries to get a dig on Journey, he doesn't know enough about him to make a proper dig. Actually, I'm proud. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Alan Lugo, popping in. We were we were kind of holding him at bay, but hey, Peter uh, Gabriel is no Steve Perry. Like, I, Mike pulled me out of the shadows with that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, yeah we, we, I'm more than happy to butcher a journey reference. That means I really don't know them well, and I'm happy with that. Yes. At the end of the day, we welcome Alan to the show. Alan, welcome back to the Kyber cast. We're going to get ready and talk about Ahsoka. Um, good to see you, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks, guys. I mean, the, you know, we're old friends. I don't have to do much planning. I just hit you guys up and say, hey, when are we going to talk about this? And you say, we're recording tomorrow, and here I am. Here we are. Just like that. Pretty good timing because we we kind of fucked up the last couple of weeks and couldn't record. So we're basically just doing it. We might, we're just going to talk about the series anyways. So it's perfect timing to just kind of recap the whole thing and talk about the finale. Um, so yesterday, uh, no, sorry, uh, Tuesday was when it was out, right? Tuesday, last Tuesday at 9 p.m., the finale of Ahsoka was put on Disney+. And uh, I watched it on my computer because we were traveling. And then I watched it again today before the episode, just kind of get my head fresh in case I didn't miss anything. Um, I did not, but um, it was good to watch it a second time. But um, as overall, Alan, since you're the guest, what's your overall take of the series? What do you, what are you pulling? Like, let's just give a, a quick thought or what you think uh, overall, uh, because well, I don't want our – uh, opinions to uh, disrupt uh, the Mister, uh, you know, the, the, one of the top guests of our of our podcast over time. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to taint any thoughts that you have. So sure, I give you a couple minute overview here of my general thoughts. I mean, I was excited about it. You know, leading into the series, we knew that we were going to get some Rebels live action. You know releases here which was exciting i know joe you're a rebels fan i think mike at one point was still trying to catch up on it i don't know if he'd watched them all yet no he's too busy in his star wars uh lower decks so we started coming i was excited about that we knew thrawn was coming i've read i mean i'm a little bit out of the loop if another new thrawn book came out i might not have known it but i've read all three of the ones that were out last i knew um so i was super excited about that um, started out pretty good watching the two episodes at first, right? They released two the first release night. Yeah. Um, 
feeling pretty good about it. Um, I would say, you know, the uh, Ray, Ray Stevenson's character was really, really good. I can't yeah. remember his name, Skull, or his last name Skull. Skull. Yeah. Balin Skull. He, he was great. It's kind of sad, you know, that he had passed and he doesn't get to come back. But I think, you know, I even read a couple of things. Just says, you know, that's the kind of character you don't have to write him out of the story. Just recast him. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. We can, we can stop there for a moment. I, I think as that character, um, his arc, we don't quite know. Listen, I guess it's unfair to people that have not seen the Clone Wars. We didn't quite know what his arc was going to be. And when he says power, we kind of know at the last shot of the finale what he's talking about when it comes to the force power. If you know anything about um, the uh, uh, Mortis trilogy and the father the son and the daughter and you see him um and my assumption is he wants to be the father and kill the son and the daughter so there's no more if you listen to the words throughout the series there's no more he, he's tired of like jedi versus empire and all this other stuff just kill it all yeah i mean i think there's a lot to dig into i'm sure we're going to touch on a few things but you know the the ending i you know the last episode there was a couple of things I didn't like, but Joe, you know me, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm like how you are as a Lions fan. And I, I try not to go to where Michael is as a Star Wars fan to where it's just picking out, you know, all the, all the flies out of the soup. I like to just try to enjoy the soup. Um, yeah. I have a couple of gripes that we could get into. Nothing that made me like want to throw the series away. Um, but a did you enjoy the series overall as an overall, as an overall eight episode arc? Did you enjoy the series? Were you happy that it was created? Yeah. I mean that, uh, Joe, I'm trying to think, has there been anything that star Wars has put out that I can't say overall, I was happy to consume it, you know, um, especially at the time. So totally. Yes. I would say yes to that. Yeah. But what kind of grade do you give it overall? We'll be going A, B, C, D, E, that kind of grade. Sure. Yeah. Top of my head. Like I only watched each episode once. I'll go B minus. I think that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'll, uh, you know, we're, if we're going to, uh, my take of the whole series is look, it's always hard to do it uh, episode by episode because you, you kind of don't know what they have in mind for characters. Right. So you can complain about like, why is she so angry all the time? This Ahsoka, why is she this? And then she goes through what she goes through and she goes from the dark back to the light and, and kind of enjoys life again. Right. Um, so I was a little upset as the way, like her body language in the first like half of the series where she's always arms crossed and very defensive and didn't seem like the Ahsoka of old or even the Ahsoka from Mandalorian, which is a little bit of a gap in, 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 in the character, but you see her arc and you're like, Oh, I get it. Or the Sabine arc, you know, people are upset that, uh, Oh, well, why does she have Jedi? What is it? Is she another Ray? Is it another Mary Jane? And if you actually understand a little bit about Sabine Wren, she does come from the family Vizsla as well. And Tar Vizsla was a Jedi, the one with the black, with the, the um, dark saber. Yeah. So there is technically um, Jedi in her heritage. Not, not that you need to have that because if you follow rebels where Kanan is um, training her on the dark saber, there's a, a distinct words that even George Lucas always said that everybody has the force. It's just a matter of, can you tap into it and how good can you, can you work with it? Many chlorians are not because that was after Phantom Menace, the clone wars. So those are from George Lucas. Cause he had, you know, he did the scripts with Dave Filoni. It's not like he didn't have anything to do with it. So um, it's a matter of unlocking it. 
And uh, so there's no, I, I don't have any problem with her being, having uh, force skills. Um, so that, that her arc, I think is probably the strongest arc out of those two characters. Ahsoka's may, may have been a little bit of a backseat to Sabine, which might be a problem, might not, might not. Um, well, when the show was called Ahsoka. Yeah, but you got to bring other characters in. I mean, you know, I get it. Yeah, but they shouldn't overshadow the main character. So, hey, let's, let's throw this out there. And I don't know, if Joe, if you guys had an agenda, but like, let's no take agenda. A, I don't want to call it lightning round, but let's take a couple yeah. minutes. Don't get too deep into the weeds. But like, okay. what, what was the one thing that bugged you the most? It, not, it may not have been the thing that you think was the most wrong about the series, but as a fan individually, all three of us, what was the one thing that bugged you the most? If you could change that one bit, not without rewriting the whole script. Oh boy. I think for me, just, uh, you know, I feel like it just started. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like out of eight episodes, I could have gotten this in maybe an hour and a half, maybe, maybe, and, and, and really feels like the first act of a, th- of a, of a movie. Yeah. That's There's other things that long. I mean, it was, it was I mean, yeah. it, this could have been boiled down to like a two hour and 40 minute movie more than likely. Right. I, I think so. I, but you know, there's also nuances that Filoni gets in that comes up later that I'll go, Holy shit. I didn't even notice that from that movie. You know what I mean? So it's very hard to say down the road of what he's got planned. But I think as a, it, it's kind of like the Kenobi thing at the same time, when you look back, like, but maybe these should have, that should have been a movie. Maybe they should have been, you know, there, there's that, you know, the series when it's basically one long movie that they're trying to make. Um, sometimes you may overwrite, like you just write too much and we're not used to that. We're not, I, I think it's a problem with all these, not just star Wars, but all these shows that are basically a seven or eight episode series. They're just, they're just like longer movies. And I think movies do a better job of um, editing what doesn't propel the story forward. Yes. You know, that's all. So I think if you're going to do these kind of things, you know, how is it that you can watch, I can watch, 22 episodes of rebels in a season and and it still felt faster sometimes you know, you know it's funny you say that because that was one of my criticisms that it's it's eight episodes and it seems to all be precursor for something coming next which we know that's coming that's fine i have no problem with uh, there being a story that gets us, you know, from story A to story B to story C, I'm okay with that. But this one, in my opinion, felt a little bit too much like treading water to get to that next story. And that was yeah. a problem for me. Yep. No, that's a fair, I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah, I think that's fair. What was yours, Alan? Did you say yours? The, the, the thing that bothered me the most was a small thing, but so you guys know I'm a big Thrawn fan. I read all yep. three books when they first came me out. Me too. Me I don't too. like Lars Mikkelsen as the casting for it. I don't mind his voice. His voice was good in Rebels, but his facial structure and just his body and his frame, I don't like it. it, it you don't think like, Thrawn needs to wear a girdle? Yeah, it's like Thrawn's chiss out of shape grandpa. It, it, he, has been, he, has been, he has been gone for a long time since since That's the book days. Fair, and he's in, a, he's in a new galaxy, which may not be a nutrient-rich uh, environment. <laughs> and he's probably been feeding off the... The Star Destroyers, uh, highly processed Just, space food. Feels like Neo in the Matrix dodging the bullets right now. Yeah, um, but I, I didn't mind him. I, I've read the books too. I, I, I think it's an unfortunate uniform that they chose. Um, it just doesn't. It, it did seem a little uh, dad body. Um, and if you read enough about Thrawn, he's a very disciplined. 
person. And that's, um, yeah, that's what yeah. you're hitting right there. Because no offense to Lars Mikkelsen, okay, fantastic actor. Hey, Great if he boy. had his brother's body, it probably would have been better off. No offense to oh. Lars. <laughs> Listen, uh, I hope to be as felt as he is in near seventy. So that's not the issue. But it's like you both said. Uh, in the books, they talk about how even in, uh, you know at his age and where he is as a as Grand Admiral, you know in his free time he likes to do all the sparring and hardcore fighting and stuff. And the guy, if he's not cut, you know he's in excellent, excellent shape. And that would not have changed while he was gone. And now, admittedly, he's been gone for what approximately ten years at this point. Longer than that. It's, yeah. It's been so, a yeah, but, it, but it's, right to Mike's, Michael's point, you know, he's not just some average middle class rural Midwestern American. Like yeah, but he <laughs> has been gone. This is he, like an elite athlete type of person. He's also he's twenty years outside of Rebels, right? Yeah. Is it twenty? I, I mean, 10, 15, if this stuff happened before the Battle of Yavin. And I, and I don't know, Joe. I should know this, but I read the books long enough ago, and I don't usually go back to stuff yeah, I've either. watched. Like what's I don't the lifespan of a chiss like I I have no idea I, I don't recall if it's long or short but to me like the you know Thrawn like from the books okay and then we had rebels but the facial structure of Thrawn is like the iconic iconic image of him like that's all we generally see is his face and those high kind cheekbones going with the high cheek, yeah the cheekbones yeah you know and I think yeah it's face, and like again Lars Mikkelsen he just kind of has this pudgy old English grandpa kind of face he does and i think that basically he's looking more for the performance i thought his performance was fine yes it was i I totally agree like you you know it's hard to criticize somebody for something they can't change and right but that's what i'm doing here no complaints about his acting it's just i i see where alan's coming from in that yes he has a very squared off chiseled features and lars mickelson is not that guy yeah, and I guess it's a matter of how much prosthetics do they want to put on him and change exactly. his I mean, it's really, that's their call. And that's fine. I did, you know, Thrawn is a funny character because, you know, you he's supposed to be the unfallible. Um, but all through Rebels, he fails tremendously. And he's always yeah, like, I mean, look, that, you know. It's, I, it's always a tough, like, that was an acceptable loss. I, I feel like I'm going to go the, down the Michael J.J. Michael Abrams road here, which is to say, like, you know, the more Filoni gives me material, the more I find a pick wrong with it. Well, here's the thing. Well, I was getting the book, there. Right, like you said, infallible. He's like perfect strategy. So like at the end, okay, if we're, I'm, I'm not going to go super spoilers here, but let's assume. No, we're spoiled. This is a spoiler episode. We're not worried about spoilers. They yeah, know. So People know. You watch it. I, was, I literally was thinking like, oh my God, is three sort of three musketeers Jedi going to go completely across the planet with no spaceship and thwart Thrawn's plan. Like they can't, Filoni can't possibly do that and completely neuter Thrawn like that. They almost did. They almost did. They made it look like every aspect of his plan was Scooby-Doo villain level. And he just kind of (laughs) slipped away at the end by the grace of God. So to your point, Alan, what I was going to get to with, uh, and that's since we've, we're diving a little bit deep into Thrawn now. So let's just, just just do that with this character. Hold on. I didn't get to do my nitpick. Oh, I thought that was the same as mine as time. Sorry. No, go ahead. no, I don't know. I have my own. It's way nitpickier. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Mike, do you, I thought that was the same nitpick too, but absolutely. Yeah. Your was it what? The beard, the beard size on, on Balin's skull? No, didn't... my, okay. This one, I, I tried to get past it and I couldn't. I realized it's super nitpicky, but you're a galaxy away, right? A freaking galaxy away and everyone's within like three, five, ten miles of the same spot. 
Well, I, I'll give you that with the Ezra part of it, but the beacon thing called by the witches gave them the coordinates to write to Thrawn. That's that was fine. that's fine. But now, the witches, the witches take the time to concentrate and find Ahsoka. They never thought once in ten years. Wait a second, Ezra's here somewhere. Should we try this? What are you talking yeah, about? I mean that, that bit was there was a little bit of like hand waving in the story to the wait, 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 wait. let's go back. What, what are you talking about, Michael? With the, with the, the Ahsoka, so thing? Ahsoka shows up. She hides in the debris field, and the witch is just like, "Let's concentrate hard, and we'll find out where she is because we'll feel her force energy." At no point they thought, "Hey, we got a Jedi here. He's dangerous." I don't, I don't think they worried. About, I I don't think that was something that was on the that was a thought. I think they. Just yeah, I, I, I didn't I get the I sense too. They tried to play it up in the story, like Thrawn was just not worried about Ezra. He's out there in the wilderness, yeah. like. But it does seem a little bit like I don't know that, that you know that happens in a lot of movies in Star Wars, where like, you know, the, the whole story would end if somebody would have just did a really logical sort of checks and balances thing at the beginning. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah, like a sh- lot of stories, but to yeah, be like, like shoot a uh, shooting an escape pod. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Good shot. Hold your fire. Hold your fire. No life forms. Oh, okay. Whew. <laughs> you can't put data in anything. Oh well, yeah, but you know it's just one of those little goofy things that uh, always. I know, mean, it, it's it, that, that's the thing though too. Where I would say like, you know, I, I, I'm not the super film critic, writer, script critic kind of guy, but that stuff too is like it wouldn't have been that hard to just write in some sort of reason why they couldn't find him or why they they thought he was too dangerous to even try to. You know what I mean? Like they could have written something into not just have it be like, oh, we just didn't really care. Yeah, and we don't know how they separated in the, to begin with, Thrawn and, and Ezra, because they just zipped out of. If you watch that last episode of, of Rebels, you'll know he just kind of zips away in the in the whale. Yeah, but weren't they like face to face? They were across from each other. They weren't necessarily face to face. They were okay. um, a whole. They, they were a whole. Like they were that far apart. Where no, they were in the same uh, the bridge of the ship, right? Which is pretty big. So what they get to this other galaxy and, he, and Ezra just well, like I'm gonna step outside and then I don't know maybe could have ran we don't know what happened we don't know that's that's my problem yeah well that's yeah, a, that's yeah, a yeah, that bit doesn't bother me as much something could have happened but yeah the idea that they were there for however many years and just it, you know I could I could see why Ezra wouldn't have went after Thrawn he did he was overmatched but it seems like that being the case Thrawn would have just squished him well he was just waiting for two more people to show up before he took him on. Get two more Jedi. Hello, at least one Jedi. Right. We just. I just. I could do it. No, I can't. I just need two more people. Two volunteers. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Um. So let's get back. So back to Thrawn, because um, it's really. We'll start doing some character dives now. So with, with Thrawn, again, I was uh, throughout the whole episode where you you kept getting the uh, that was a necessary loss. You know that kind of stuff that he always says. Um. You finally get to the episode, this last episode, and he opens up with like, you know, don't underestimate basically the Jedi. I, you know, I've, I've seen many fall victims that, including myself, and it will. Ne- he was so pissed at that. He's but you can tell he's been digging on that yeah. his whole the the last of a years. single Jedi. That, yeah, that was a nice bit of writing. I like that. Right. Okay, so it's like hold okay. on, hold on. That proves my point. Don't ask, uh, don't underestimate the Jedi. But who cares where Ezra is? <laughs> well, you don't know if he didn't care. You know, he probably had him in check. He's like, we know where he's at. We, I mean, I'm as long saying, as he stays I'm down there, saying. you know, um, why provoke if you don't need to? You never know what would happen. 
Right. Yeah. There was, there was what, one. If, what if Ezra would have, and he also had the witches. I don't know. Who knows? He built, he, he somehow got them back, built them up according to Ezra. Um, but it was good to see Thrawn had to win at the end of this or the, or it would have been just a useless show. Well, yeah, because the whole point of the show is, I mean, yes, it's called Ahsoka, but we all know at the point, the point is getting to heir to the Empire, right? He's trying to bring a resurgent Empire, and Filoni is doing his best to make the sequel uh, saga make sense. A little bit. I think the problem, the only thing I have with Thrawn that it's hard to translate in, um, maybe in in film or even in rebels, like even in animation that you read from the books is that he's such a, um, intellectual, but he also like, he's just not, he's more feared in the book. I think in books, like he, there's, I I don't know if people fear him and he didn't do anything like, you know, when you see the opening of star Wars and he picks up a guy and he chokes him and he throws him across the freaking room, you're like, okay, this guy doesn't have to be fucked with. They didn't do anything to like really, he didn't flex on anybody in this thing, really. I mean, yeah, and I think he needed one. He was more of a of a of a of a, a Grand Moff Tarkin type character than Thrawn. Yes, yes. Well, Thrawn very rarely uses action in the books unless he really needs to. He's not he's he's not a fight first guy. It, but it, my it point is, how book you, type of a thing where you can take six pages and explain how thoughtful his strategy was with right. the ships and all that, and, and that right. is difficult to do in the shows. But now, again, if you're going to do a character justice, you got to find a way to do it. You needed to have that, like he. They tried to do it, and I think it would have been better served if it's kind of like the the one line from Phantom Menace where it's like wipe them out, all of them, and that's scarier than anything that Thrawn did. Like if he was said wipe out all those freaking you know snail people, like just destroy them all, like just do something so drastic to bring fear, like knowing that this fear is coming to. A galaxy near you. Yeah, or set up some sort of a thing in the writing where it's like, if you're not really paying attention, you think he like can see the future. But then it's revealed like, no, he just was using his strategy and he, he studied his yeah, stuff. Like, he been- knew what she was going to do. Like he said that line, we're always going to be one step ahead of her, which seemed like it was a nod to his strategery. Right. Um, but he wasn't <laughs> really like... <laughs> And, and if you read the latest, movie. the interesting thing is if you read the latest Thrawn books, which you have, and so have I, Alan, there's a, a, one of the books, I can't remember which one, where actually Thrawn interacts with Anakin and then in the future interacts with Darth Vader. And then it makes much more sense in here why he understands how Anakin works and how Vader works and why he basically told Ahsoka, I knew what you were kind of going to do based off of the actions of Anakin Skywalker. Now to the casual viewer, they don't know he has that background and it's, it's unfair to a viewer to have to read the books to know that, that he, he knows Anakin really well and he knows Vader really well. I agree with what Alan said in that he was much more of a Tarkin type character in this show. I didn't he really typically think. is in the books too. He doesn't go around killing a bunch of people. He's yeah, yeah but it's not about the killing. Like more, Tarkin was just more of like a ruthless empire, you know, lackey for back, lack of a better term. And Thrawn is right. way more, you know, intellectual, sophisticated. Correct. Right, but I, I felt more fear about Thrawn in the Shadow Council scene in the last season of The Mandalorian. Yeah, good point. Well, because it's yep. a threat you can't see yet. You don't know. Right, but now we see him, and I'm like, but we see his plan. 
Which is what? He's got like thousands of dark witches under his fucking command that he just brought to death him. Well, we don't. Well, is that say, like, are they troopers that I, have already passed? Like, what? We don't actually know what's. In no, there. they're 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 the ancient witches that have been in that planet. I don't know for sure, but I'm that's what I'm guessing. It's I mean, not. We, we know, he, he flat out said he woke the three sisters up, right? Right. And he's bringing them to Dathomir, which is basically another root of their planet. To and if you know a little bit about, they, they do a lot of resurrections, i.e., Darth Maul. You can you can see that. You're saying, so, be, they, he, so like, there's something that says, well, either those three sisters were already alive, or he somehow resurrected them. But to resurrect all the other Night Sisters, they have to tap into the core of Dathomir or something, right? That, that's kind of correct. Mean. That's what I'm getting at. And, they, and they've got all that cargo, almost like they're a bunch of, uh, dare I say, the uh, Star Trek, what was uh, the Khan people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like J.J. Like, uh, Abrams. Warriors and all that. Yeah, the, the J.J. Abrams version, isn't they have them all cryogenically. And, they all, and, and there's lights on all those um, boxes. So it looks like they, they could either be in cryosleep, like – Solo was and Carbonite or something. Right. Um, so he's got an army of magic, M-A-J-I-C-K. Is that how they spell it? Uh, well, hold on, I, I, let me back up. But when Night Sisters die, they don't, you don't have like a corpse. They have a spirits. So that these, these are like Ghostbuster things that hold the spirit in the, in the coffin. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He said he woke those three up. So if, yeah, yeah, if he, Joe's theory is correct, then these are all, Night Sisters that have, you know, they're in a, some kind of a suspended animation for whatever reason. Why, we don't know. I mean, it, it, it's pretty obvious that planet, what was it called? It begins with a P. I can't remember the name. Oh. Thank you. It's obvious that planet is a wasteland now. It seems to be, like, force deficient. I mean, why would the Night Sisters, you know, be dormant there? It's kind of like the force. I mean, it's obvious the way that episode ended, the finale. They're somehow tied into the greater mythology of what the Force is. Right. But that planet, for whatever reason, has been left destitute. And that's maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe maybe they do have a bunch of sleeping witches in those capsules. Or is it something else? I thought it was just more troopers. I'm just yeah. guessing. Like they didn't have enough magic power to you know to reanimate them all. They'd have to go to Dathomir for that. Could be. Uh, I'm, I'm just could throwing. Be. Yeah, could be either one. I, I, you know, either way, he's got a uh, some kind of army that he's beginning with. We'll see what happens with yeah. that. Um. Okay. So let's talk uh, Ezra for a moment. Um. I really like the casting, and I thought the, that guy did a really good job of taking things from the show, animated show, and and bringing them alive here, but also bringing new things to the character. Um. I, I just really enjoyed the Ezra character, and I was a little scared because uh, basically, if you watch Rebels from the get go, you just think you have Aladdin, um, and uh, yeah, he's very angsty. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, he's a street rat too. I mean, he's the whole the, the idea from from Rebels. But I think it's come a long way. I I I found him to be really engaging. I liked the scene in the last episode where he's building a lightsaber and talking Huang. Uh, I, I just I, I enjoyed him. I liked the way he talked. I like it's very. He did a great job. I think he did a great job. I liked the character. Um, a, you know, it was a awesome scene at the end where he comes in and, and sees Hera. Um, he's happy, but he's also sad at the, the loss that was happening. So, I like I gotta interject. Did I miss something? Like, he got on the ship. 
He killed that one well, trooper. Took his took armor. his costume. Took his armor, and then took a somehow got a shuttle out of there and got the hell out. Yeah, somehow, <laughs> somehow. Yeah, so, well, somehow he's returned. This Ezra boy, he's, he's slippery. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a Jedi, right? He can cloak, and I mean, you know, it was somehow. Ex- yeah, somehow Ezra returned. Yeah. Ernest Thrawn would say it was an acceptable loss. Like he, like he just, pop, he just, you know, they're they're going through the the the, the mega hyper speed thing, and that little shuttle can just pop off. And oh, I'm just going to jump off of this exit right here and go to where. No, I think go. as soon as they popped into Death where he's like, get the hell out, you know. And they're probably like, whoa, what was that? They they couldn't so, catch it. An, fast another enough. escape pod moment. Yes. Yes. There was a bit of hand waving with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, wait, did I, did I look away? Was I looking at my phone and missed something? Like, how did he just show up? I, you know, yeah. unscathed. But I did like the character. Whether he was like, even if I didn't, even if you never saw Rebels, you're like, oh, this is a, a this is a nice young lad. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward actually, to him getting a shave and and you know making it feel like he is Ezra again to me from like the visuals of, of of Rebels, whether we get that or not. But I can verify that because I am not the Rebels fan. You two guys are. And I can say I enjoy the character not having all of that tie. I'm like, I know the gist of who Ezra is, but what I saw was a person of color that has been patiently waiting for someone to show up who has obviously taken the Jedi uh, ability to be introspective and patient, uh, takes that to the nth degree because everything about him was very uh, almost... um, monk-like yeah right right so he seems to have really leaned into his jedi training so that's all i need to know i mean i get it if you had watched rebels these other characters like sabine and hera and even ahsoka they have more depth for you guys um but i liked ezra and i don't have all that so i think that's uh a I guess a testament not only to the writing from Filoni, but to the actors portraying him. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm looking forward to saying my question is now, is he going to talk to Luke at all? Like might be an interesting conversation. Like, you know, well, it's funny because he had like, he kind of did this monk, like recluse, like now he didn't choose it. Whereas Luke chose that, you know, with, with the, the, the little Muppet locals, just like Luke did. And, Sort right. of like the initial Muppet reluctance yeah. to violence, kind of like there was just some sort of similarities there that was kind of. Oh yeah. Thing. Well, yeah, but it'd be interesting now. I mean, because Luke is now building the academy at this time, trying to. At this t- particular time frame, it'd be interested if he even has a conversation with, with Ezra Bridger. You would think he would. Um, related right. to Ezra, and then going down the path of like again, like overall, I enjoyed it so. But then, like, what I, I don't know, I need to get you guys to weigh in on this. Is this just the way it works and I should accept it? Or am I right to be like, something doesn't seem right here where, I don't know, in the course of, I don't know, know, you guys tell me, what was it, 36 hours? Maybe it was two days, three days? I don't know. Sabine went from, like, not being able to move a teacup on a table to now she can throw Ezra across the well, so yeah, that's a good comment. And I, I think I have an answer for that. Now it could be, you can call it hand waving or you can call it actually listening to her master where prior to her getting all that force, she says, you just have to trust. You don't trust it. And as soon as you trust it, 
it'll unlock for you, basically is what she's saying. And at the moment that she got her lightsaber, which is she gave trust and got it right away, there's no reason not to trust it further. It's worked. So I really truly believe that she's had this, you know, um, like I said, she's got we believe she's got maybe some heritage in the force with with Tar Vizsla. We we know through training uh, on rebels it's brought up. I think it's just a matter of opening the door, and the door got opened. I'm not disagreeing no. with you, Joe. However, because it's no different than no different than Luke Skywalker hanging from a thing of ice, who took him forever to get that freaking lightsaber out, and he he actually had faith. I guess I don't know. But Luke, yes. Luke had Dagobah too. A whole season. No, of no, training. no, not before. Not not before he got that lightsaber from. No, no not before he got that lightsaber. But he right. like that's what I'm saying. Luke took steps to get to where he had to be. Yes. And he really? was. Well, you could argue she's. You could argue she's had steps prior, and she's had steps. She had many steps prior, and and Ahsoka left because she saw allegedly uh, danger of her, which was thank God it was explained a little I, bit in this I, episode. I can't say that you couldn't argue that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you have to put up quite an argument to, you know, in my opinion. I agree with Alan on that because yes, not everyone is going to come to the force the same way. Not everyone's going to be able to go, Oh, I can do this. And then I can do a little bit better. There are some people that they're going to jump right into it. And as soon as they get it, they can do amazing things. But like your example with Luke, you see him concentrate he pulls the light lightsaber, but then within 12 to 24 hours, he's on Dagobah and can't lift the X wing out of the swamp. But yet she's throwing people across 150, 250. You no, know, I, I guess I could argue the same thing. Like he goes to Dagobah and then like two or three days, he's doing fucking amazing flips with a creature on his back. He's got R2 raised, a stone raised. He's got all this other thing. Now saying he can't raise a yeah, ship. Yeah, he would be bit, trained by the most powerful Jedi. Right. Known no, 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 no I'm with you. But, 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 we but, can't but just throw these details out, Joe. Yeah, yeah what, no, no, what, agree. What it says. Agree, but Michael's argument was he couldn't lift a, a spaceship. Well, wait a minute. That's a big ask at that particular well, moment. Yeah, yeah, in time. Michael's point. He so was doing was, small training tasks. Then her he task was a large task biggest, and failed. And the, biggest small, the biggest task she had was to get her lightsaber. And she threw fucking Ezra. Big deal. That's not giant things. Threw it's not throwing Ezra across there is a pretty big deal, I think. Well, he's also, like he's also story, using. The whole story is done. If she can't, he's also that. using the. So, you, you oh, let's just say too. she can do it to keep the story going. So let me go back to rebels, Alan. That's 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 let's let's visit your training, your rebels training. I'm one of the most of it. one of the signature moves between Kane and Jairus and Ezra was throwing each other like that. She has seen it many many times. Like it's literally hey, in probably. Michael and I have Jordan dunk a basketball a lot too. That doesn't mean we can go do it. Yeah, I've watched no, no, John no. Wick so many times, but I no, no, no. But she understands, and you have to understand when Ezra's jumping, he's using the force too. It's not like he's just jumping. I understand that, and that got him a good chunk of the way. But then you see him falling because he had launched himself as much. Yeah, as yeah, was. yeah. And then she pushed him up. I get it. I'm just saying. Look, you, you can say it's hand waving. I'm just saying like. I thought it was more of a stretch more than hand waving. I thought it was an unlock. It's definitely a reach. I just finally thought she got rid of her mental block. That's all. I mean, I think there's, you know, again, this is where like, okay, is it a book? Is it a movie? What are you, what are you trying to do here? Is it necessary? Is it not necessary? I mean, I do. I I just feel like there wasn't, you could maybe argue both ways. She went through a personal, like emotional struggle, I would say through the series, but it kind of felt like earning her actual powers kind of just, 
happen like that. And that's uh, exactly I, I'm, I'm calling it more of an unlock. The powers were already there and she finally trusted and unlocked. And that's why that's I say it. like, hey, may, am I wrong to expect it should be harder work? Like, because then we got to go back and say, well, what do we have as examples? We have we have young Anakin. We have a little bit of Obi-Wan, I guess, but he had already kind of, you know, he was He's already being trained well yeah. Padawan. You have yeah. Luke. Um, you know, who else have we actually watched on screen, like trained to be a Jedi, you know, Ezra, I suppose, like Ray, Ray was like, I can mind, I can mind read without any training at all, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then that's the thing too. Like, okay. Are we making, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just wondering, man, this is how it works. Like Ray definitely had this like chosen one, you know, character arc. So it's like, okay, if you're the chosen one, then I guess that's what happens. But I'm like, well, maybe maybe it isn't about chosen ones. Maybe it's just like, you know, whatever, four out of every 10 Jedi, just learn it like that. And then that's what happens, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Good. It's, I don't know. It's a good question. Thing, Fair question. But the thing that kind of, okay. Yes, she unlocked it. But right before that still, when she was battling, when she showed up to help Ahsoka battle the undead stormtroopers, she kept shifting more to her pistols than her lightsaber because she still didn't fully trust her prowess. Or she just needed both. She had her lightsaber and gun in the set. You know, she was doing both. That's fine. I'm just saying. Why are you such a woman hater, Michael? Well, I'm not. Well, I mean, what Michael's touching on that rings a bell in my head is like, do I act like, do I, do we, whatever. Do we actually need Sabine to be a Jedi? Couldn't she just be a really cool, like, young woman Mandalorian with like it's out rogue on her. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I actually need her to be a Jedi. I, let's say she, okay. Let's say there's a bigger story here. Okay. She's a descendant of Tar Vizsla. We know that there's a new Mandalore being built right now. Right. There is a dark saber out there. There is, well, actually it's destroyed. Is it not? The dark saber is destroyed. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day though, she may be the next leader of the Mandalorians, and that might be what the, her her final story will be um, as we go down this path. Once once she gets back and, and meets up with Bo Katan somehow, and Mandalore, maybe she may, maybe she doesn't even know Mandalore's been restored because she's been stuck at uh, Lothal, pining away for Ezra. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I. It, it could, Does she need to be a Jedi to claim that throne? Well, there's there's history because if you in the Rebels, they go back to the the mountain where Tarvizla is, and she learns about her whole family and all that stuff. So maybe there'll be a bookend of back at that that you know I don't I don't know. Does she need to be? I don't know if need. That's it all depends. Let's see where the story finishes, and then maybe that'll answer that. I guess is a better way to say it. Um, so there we are. I want to talk about Ahsoka for a minute, the actual character, not the show. Okay. Um. So I had one pet peeve with Ahsoka is I wanted her, and it's not about what I want, but at the end of the day, she was in a lot of lightsaber duels and barely won any of them. I wanted her to have that Obi-Wan Darth Maul moment uh, from Rebels where Obi-Wan just was so good and understood exactly what Maul was going to do. It was literally a second, one second samurai fight and he was done. I loved that scene. It was a wonderfully crafted scene. Like, I feel like she was always struggling with to the level of who she was fighting. And I just wanted her to like dispatch of a few people. Like, like I've been around a while. I'm pretty fucking good with these things. I've got two of them. And well, why is I it always a struggle? Like, Skull was a pretty formidable foe. I think they were trying to establish that. Uh, forget his. his, his Shad Hati. 
Yeah, Shin. It was clear that Ahsoka did not want to destroy her. So, but cut her hand off. Do the fucking regular thing. Like no, 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 no. She didn't want to. She didn't want to. So that covers that yeah. off. And then, uh, whatever her name is. Morgan Elsbeth. With Morgan Elsbeth. Yeah. Another British, classic British old woman name. Yeah. Um, I mean, she dispatched of her pretty quickly. Like, she dispatched of her more easily than she did in The Mandalorian before she had witch powers. So, like, to me, that was like, oh, no, that was a pretty hard fought battle that she almost lost until she got her Padawan back. She was down to one lightsaber, her small one. Yeah, but she, like, she had a hard time taking a a Beskar staff from her a year ago, and now she's got witch powers and the sword of Talzin and one lightsaber, and you know what I mean? So it's like, Look, she she dispatched of that. That was supposedly a formidable foe, and she dispatched of that one. Skull, it's a draw right now. She didn't want to hurt the the paddle. I'm like, eh, I, I I don't know that you're being completely fair with that take that you just had. Maybe not. Maybe not being fair. I just wanted her to have a little bit more prowess, like like a little more badassness. That's all. Bailey was definitely badass the whole time. He's okay. So at the end of the day, that's uh, th- those are the deep characters. I mean, we get into Hera. I loved Hera. I love you know. Now I'm a little pissed. I didn't see any Zeb. Why did you have Zeb and Mandalorian? He didn't have him show up here. Like, come on, Dave. I mean, they're gonna they better have a reunion in the future. Yeah, I mostly CGI character cost too much. Then why make him? Uh, fan service. Yeah, fan service. Totally. Well, I I think he's gonna be here somewhere. Um, he, he was the film the teaser to the rebels, the, the, the opening of the can of worms, which was rebels this season. Yeah, we all know Floney's doing a cap off movie to this, and that's when we'll see him again because he'll have more money. You could have had him on the last shot with Ed Harrell, like he just showed back up. Like there's no reason not to have him. Oh, there. by the way, I'm here now. I showed up at the end of Mandalorian. I'm going to show. He was up out on a mission. He was out doing something. That's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, who was your guy's favorite character throughout the epi- the, the season? Not Jack Black, though. It's Mandalorian, just so you know. <laughs> probably, probably, probably Balin, Balin Skull. Probably. I mean, at first I was like, oh, I don't know, am I going to like this guy? But then near the end, I, I liked the tension of like, almost of like, you know, episode two, three, Anakin, where like, mm-hmm. ooh, is this where he turns dark? No, he's not going to yet. Oh, but I see it coming. Like, he had that tension of light side, dark yeah. side that I that I really liked. Yeah, I agree, Balin. He's, you look at him and you're like, he's a badass motherfucker, man. Not, I, I, I didn't get that from any other character. Definitely I, did not get it from, I mean, again, Thrawn, I get he's supposed to be a badass, but, uh, dead man. <laughs> um, I tell you, I could have watched, I could probably watch a five episode series of just Balan and Shin Hati, like how they met, like what happened, how they become, like, how did he find this person and train them and yeah th- those two were pretty interesting it, and of course it, it's easier to be interesting with less screen time and more mystery which is totally what they had but right and see them at the end with the like again the mortis now if, again if you know michael did you at least watch the mortis trilogy no but i know enough do you what do you know i know the father the son and i know the daughter and when he ends at the at the end of the episode, he's on a statue in the hand of the father. You see the son to the right there, and the and the daughter is pretty much destroyed. Well, because you know the daughter's dead, right? Because yeah. you you do. I, I want to know what you know before I get. She used the last of her essence to uh, keep Ahsoka alive, and that's why we saw the non-owl owl creature. Right. So at the end of the day, 
we if if Balin wants to be the father, we think Ahsoka is the daughter. The daughter spirit is in her. She could be the daughter for all we know. So who's the son? Could be Anakin. I don't know. It's not Anakin. Anakin's done. It's, it's not. That's what I mean. Um, I don't know. So, I don't know if there's that, a son. I mean, I saw Clone Wars. I saw that at the end of Rebels. I mean, is it, are we just assuming this or is it foretold that, that those, th- they can't all exist, that it has to be them constantly one killing the other one off? Like why well, the father's, the, the father is the one that stops them from doing that. The father died. Yeah, I kind of remember, no, remember now. Anakin was supposed to replace, the father asked Anakin because he had that much power to replace him now, replace me now. I don't have much time. I can't fight these two off much longer. Yeah, okay, I remember And that. Anakin refused um, because of the death of Ahsoka or something. And then um, he showed Anakin what he would become and he, all the way through the visions of Vader. And then he wiped it from his mind at the end. Wait, and, was that in uh, Rebels or Clone Wars? Clone Wars. Okay. okay. And then they all woke up in their ship and thought it was a dream. Yet it was all real or whatever. Um, the Worlds Between so anyway. Worlds was cool. We saw that was interesting in... I mean, yeah, what did you take on that? Like, I, I kind of, the, I kind of crap on Marvel for doing the multiverses and stuff. It's like, well, now you can just do and undo anything you want. Um, and when it happened in Rebels, I was getting the same feeling almost. But I'm, I'm warming up to the concept now of that world between worlds thing. Well, I Maybe. assumed by the end of this series, and I assumed what Balin's ultimate goal. And this might be wrong. I thought he was trying to get access to and control the world between worlds. And that's how he was going to use that to bring balance because he can go through and snuff out anyone he wanted, either light or dark, to try and... No, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's actually the, the Mortis thing now. I, I agree. I mean, it's a pretty good indication, the fact that, you know, the way he ends the series... Or series season, however it is, I don't know. Right. So I, I, I'm glad you brought up the world between worlds, Alan. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a uh, Obi Wan uh, voice in that you know, um, it's it's what does he say uh, from a certain point of view, right? Uh, is the way he says things to to Luke. What if the world between worlds is where all Jedi go when they're maybe they're meditating and where they can see the future, the past, the, like when Yoda is meditating, they see, he goes, maybe he, you can, in, in, in rebels are in, um, yes. in rebels, he's world between worlds. You know, when, when, when Yoda says, even in empire, uh, long have I watched from afar, you know, maybe he's watching Luke through the world between worlds. You know what I mean? Like that's, that is the force gateway of, seeing the future in the past and that's just a physical way of showing it yeah you know i think it's a bigger thing than just a portal i think it's a it's it's where the force can do those things where they have visions and and uh and it's it's kind of like opening something from between the world between worlds and that's how jedi can get those i don't know past present future thoughts to to act i don't that's know interesting that's that's it's unique take i like that i i think it's one it's possible Right. It helps explain it better other than just being a MacGuffin. I, I think your explanation makes more sense. Yeah, it could. I don't know. I could be full of shit too. I, I just, I'm, I, I'm just looking at it from a different point of view of um, the Obi-Wan thing hit me the other day about that when I was thinking about the world between worlds. I'm like, well, you know, when Yoda says he's watching from afar and when he sees and appears to other people like during Clone Wars and during Rebels, like, you know, he's doing it 
through the world between worlds. Maybe the cave that Luke walked in in Empire Strikes Back was the world between worlds where he fought Vader. And it was just, it's just a, another spot on Dagobah that was a world between worlds. And I don't know. Ooh, look at you, Redcon. It fits. I mean, it could. It's a goofy that maybe we're Ray and and where she walked, where she's going through that stuff, she's walking through weird things where she sees Empire Luke fight and yeah, she goes through a all similar, it's a yeah, it's a similar sort of lesson that right. Soka is learning there that the Luke in the cave and Ray when she turned into Dark Ray and whatever, like Yeah, that's another about. world be, a world between worlds, like especially in Force Awakens, where she saw a bunch of things past future present yeah and then when she was having the visions with kylo ren similar kind of a thing like yeah it's sort of like a like a it's the 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 premium version the ad-free version of like being able to (laughs) see things and all kind of that like when you when you pay for all the higher versions that's where you end up you know yeah exactly exactly so i don't know that's how i kind of put it in my head like maybe all those things are executions of world between worlds and we just saw a grander like you said a higher way of seeing it through ahsoka now, what did you think of Anakin being in the show? You know, what I, what I liked a lot was like true live action Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Because I was like, wait a minute, why does this seem so sort of epic? And it's like, oh, yeah, because it was all early CGI in Attack of the Clones, right? And then Clone Wars. So like to see it like real seemed really powerful. Um, a little more grounded. Yeah, those flashback scenes, you know, more gritty, you know, because it was it was real or it wasn't animated or whatever. So, um, and I like the use of it. I mean, Anakin, you know, it's just one of these things like he's Hayden Christensen is still around, you know, you can still use him. like, yeah, keep, keep, you know, I don't want to say like, keep going back to the old hits or whatever, but like he's Anakin, like, it's not, it's not like you're digging up, you know, stuff that doesn't make sense. Like he's gotta be in the story. It's not totally forced because he was, the master to Ahsoka as a Padawan. Right. So it makes sense. I mean, you know, Kenobi reaches out to Qui-Gon who shows up at the end of his show. She reaches out to Anakin. It just makes sense. You know, Luke Yoda shows up in the, you know, the, the, the sequel uh, saga to sh- talk to Luke. So it makes sense. I mean, yes, it's great to see, um, Anakin, uh, not Anakin, but Hayden Christensen. Uh, but wouldn't it have been cooler if Anakin showed up to Luke? That would have been cool. I, I still, don't, I don't. They had no relationship. Well, he could have tried well, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, that's, how that's how it works. But, he wasn't, I, okay, he I'm just. No he showed up at the end of uh, Jedi. Yeah, he said hello at the end of Return of the Jedi. He's like, hey. Here I am. Yeah, fan service. That was fan service. But and even well, it wasn't in the in, in the Return of the Jedi original one. He still had him show up, but it was it was uh, the other actor. Well, let's yeah. face it. The only reason Yoda showed up in the in the you know sequel series or sequel saga is because you know Obi Wan's dead. You know, well, the actor that played him. Oh yeah, well they could have done if they wanted Alec Guinness, they could have paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But There's plenty of people that can do his voice really well, especially if you but watch the, Rebels. The, the, I mean, aside from the end of Return of the Jedi, all the visions that people have with each other are with the person they have the closest relationship with. Their pe- their master, mostly. Correct. Which I get Luke kind of had to because Obi-Wan started it and then Yoda finished the training. I get that. So, But that, but yeah. It, what I like is that, yes, Hayden Christensen, he's getting a new respect. 
respect that you probably didn't get, you know, for the, the prequel trilogies. He's back as Vader. He, we, we saw him in Kenobi. We're seeing him here again. But it's not just, in my opinion, it's not just blatant fan service. Because at least in this particular case, and in Kenobi, it moves the story forward. And it makes sense because, like I said, he was her master. So it makes sense to bring him back because with that's been established. They reach out to their masters. So right. I'm good with it. I mean, I, again, I like some fan service, but I don't think this is over the top. This It fits and makes sense and pushes the story forward. Okay. Now, do we think uh, the way he was dressed means anything? Did, did, hey, did, did Ahsoka see Anakin at the end or did she not see him? Does it matter? I don't know. I'm care. I'm asking you. Yeah, I just yeah. I assume she Sabine did. didn't see her, Sabine, but Sabine didn't. Sabine felt something, right? And right. even Ahsoka did. But to Michael's point, like it doesn't really matter one way or another. Well, I think it kind of does. Like he's either still watching or they actually reconnected. Well, they did reconnect in the world between worlds. World between worlds, but not like. That was, that was a, We're totally going to see Anakin in Filoni's movie. Probably. That was my next question. Will we see Anakin again? Yeah. We're not done with Hayden Christensen. I mean, even with Obi-Wan, they said that that Kenobi was going to be a one and done. There's rumors that that's probably going to get a second season. If they don't, maybe they don't. But Well, there's a reason you could do that. Um, There is a line in Star Wars where he says you should not have come back. Right. So where, where already I says to uh, Luke, you know, Obi-Wan once thought as you did, like he could bring you, I still feel the good in you. Like maybe Obi-Wan goes back and says, like, I got to try one last time to save my, you know, after he saw what he became. There's all kinds of wiggle room. But anyways, um, what are we missing? Anything? I, I want to say that I was actually surprised. So I thought they'd wrap up this story a little bit more in a bow. I know there's more to come. I didn't expect it to be definitive ending, but I expected more of a definitive ending just for this particular story because we know it's going to lead into what happens next. You know, Thrawn getting away and Ahsoka and um, uh, Sabine stuck on this other galaxy. They're not stuck there forever. We well, no, I told you my theory. Maybe right. Alan hasn't heard my theory, so I'll restate it here. But I'll let you finish, Michael. Don't bring it up. I'll bring my theory. No problem. No problem. But like... I was convinced Shin, when when I first saw her standing looking at the settlement, I thought, oh, she found Ahsoka. She's going to become a Jedi. And then they she raised her saber up and then you're looking like, oh, it's the guys in red. It's it's the it's the thieves and the vandals or whatever they're called. She's going Sith She's out, yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's going Sith. But there were many clues that she was... Still not completely dark. I mean, maybe she's going to kill them. I killed them, all of them. Oh, the women and children. Sam gets everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate them. The sand people. But because even her outfit, it's light. She was on a lighter. Uh, when she was on that wolf creature, it was a lighter color. She's wearing a lighter color. It, it suggested that she was shifting more towards the light side. And I thought. It was a hint when Ahsoka held out her hand and said, you know, basically. Yeah, there's tension there. 
Right. Like basically she's like, I don't want to kill you. You should join us. And she paused for a sec and then she went off. So I thought she was going to be, I thought, and she still might, but I thought we'd get more with her veering more to the light side, but I don't think that's. We'll find out. I think, I think more people want to know the rest of her story for sure. But for me, I'm not only did I love Balin, I loved Ray Stevenson as Balin. Yeah. We can't do that anymore. Unfortunately. Obviously not. They're going to have to recast him, and it's it's going to be some big shoes to fill. I understand it's not, you know, it's not like recasting oh, I'm Kang in the MCU, but it's going to be more like uh, the Harry Potter stuff when they recast some dude that died. All right. <laughs> I wish you knew better. You mean the one of the biggest characters in the whole book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't watch it, so I don't know any of it. Um. You know, watch the first two movies. I... They they changed Darren and Bewitched. It's okay. It can happen. Well, they went with Dick Sargent, went to Dick York, or was it vice versa? They, there's a lot of Dick. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Got it. Um. All right. My theory of them getting off the planet is going to be tied to the, uh, the show coming out called uh, Skeleton Crew. And I think that skeleton crew are going to be the ones that fall and find, um, find Ahsoka and Sabine and somehow get back. Because it's supposedly a show about people lost in space and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, don't, I don't know much about it, but I just assumed the solution was going to be space whales or star whales or whatever. Star whales. Well, that begs to understand why didn't Thrawn use them again anyways to go back the other way. I mean, well, they made a comment. That they go there to die. Right. Yeah. Well, in, you know, Thrawn, I mean, I know, maybe I'm misinterpreting or misremembering. Thrawn never used them in the first place. Ezra used them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, why not take Ezra and go? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Even you can't argue that one, Joe. No, you I can't. Can I can't like, argue yeah. this. I mean, I can't do it. It was just a, it was an acceptable loss. That's all I all ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Cheetos. To eat. I mean, I, I, I gotta, I gotta roll out of here, guys. But I do, and, and you guys might continue. But I want to leave one with my closing thoughts. And one thing that was interesting, even though I felt like, yeah, it was kind of a flame that burned bright and then not burned very long. But it was interesting about how Thrawn sort of used Morgan Elspeth as, you know, uh, you know, a pawn. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, you know, it, it was a kind of a, he. He really kind of played a long game. But in the end, she was just a, a means to an end. Um, that's him. He's very Machiavellian. That's that's why it was effective at the end of the of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even though I, I felt like turning her into the witch and all that should have made her more formidable or whatever, but it, that that bit was interesting how he did kind of use her. But then even she just like accepted it too. Um, but you know, I don't know. All right. So again, we'll we'll wrap this up. My grade is a B, flat B. Thought it was a very good show happy it was made uh i'm excited to see more i'm excited to give filoni hopefully the reins here uh for star wars to help map out whatever's gonna happen next we we know we're not gonna see a movie until um i just talked to my retirement agent today i can collect at 62 years old and it's probably when i'll see the next star wars movie Um, (laughs) and, and that's in nine years so uh 
that's probably, you know, the way it's going, that's probably the next time we'll see an actual Star Wars film in the theater. Uh, and I think, uh, I think what, Annalyn, you gave it a B minus? Correct. Yeah. I'll give it a solid C. Oh, Michael. Oh, see, Michael's got to be the contrarian. It's just no, average. It's not, not contrarian. Well, it is just average. There are many things I liked about it, but you guys appreciated it because of it. Leaned. It just felt more Star Wars. That's why I give it the B. I give it the C because I think it leaned too much on the Rebel stuff, needing to know all that. You didn't need well, to know yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like if you hadn't it watched helped Rebels, it, it, that it would be enough to Absolutely it helped downgrade it, it a half grade or a helped. full grade just because there was so much lead up for it. Yeah. I'm just saying I thought, in my opinion, it leaned too heavily on that. And then also, um, too much of the treading water were just – this is the story to get us to the story we want to tell. Yeah. And that's I mean, it felt very much Empire Strikes Back-ish at the end. Like, Yeah, well, that's fine. That's really yeah, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with the bad guy winning at the end. I have no problem with that. But, again, it comes back to I wanted a more finite – not finite, but I wanted to encapsulate this story, have a, a, an end that made sense. Yes, we're going to continue from this point, but you can stop here. Whereas – it's more like, well, this is your transfer. Here's your next bus. Yeah, yeah. There, there was no bow. There certainly was no bow on anything. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I give it a C. There were many things I liked. There were many things I did not. There you go. Usually that that's a good place to stop it where Michael has the final word. We'll make him the final <laughs> say in here. So, Michael, what can people – how can they find us to tell us what they think about the entire series of Ahsoka? Well, we've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. We even have threads at KyberCast, where Facebook is more your jam. We have both a page and a group at the KyberCast. And if you really want to help out the show, check out patreon.com slash KyberCast. You can take a look there and how you can help the show. Or best way to do it is to tell your friends about the show and to smash that subscribe button. That's right, smash it. Uh, they can find us in pretty much any podcatcher out there from Apple to Amazon. I don't know about Google because that's gone now. So um, It's going away next year. Oh, sorry. We're just, I'm just bookending what we started the episode with because that's called good radio. Um, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I, I can dream. Um, at the end of the day, check out kybercast.com and you can also stream there. All of our shows are streaming at kybercast.com. So, until next week, let's thank our buddy Alan for joining the podcast this week. Hey. Alan, thanks again. Thanks, thanks for reaching out. Short notice. Ah, always welcome to join a, a, our podcast and, and especially talking the wars. Um, happy to do it. Uh, we'll get you on the Dune one next. I know you're a big Dune well, I'm guy. I'm excited for the next movie, certainly. Yeah, we'll see it again sometime uh, three, four years from now when they figure out how to <laughs> fix the schedule for theaters since there's going to be nothing in the next two years. Um, anyways, that'll do it for this week. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to talk about Loki next week, Michael. We'll be a week behind, but Loki started tonight, so we will talk Loki next week. So until then, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.